So uh, having lived in Fulton now for 15 years, there's a sound that uh, we have become accustomed to. Uh, it's the sound of sirens blaring, police sirens, uh, fire trucks, ambulances. And, and the first few times we heard that sound, we thought, oh no, like somebody is, is really in trouble. This is a, a big emergency. And then what we came to find out is that is not the sound of emergency, that is the sound of victory. Uh, Fulton has the tradition that whenever one of their sports teams has success, they get this grand escort into town with sirens blaring. And, and Fulton has a lot of success on the sport uh, front. And so this happens frequently. It's a sound that we've just come to, to recognize. So on this Palm Sunday, I want to invite you to come with me to Jerusalem. Because in Jerusalem, the residents of Jerusalem also became accustomed to a particular sound. And when they heard the sound, they knew exactly what was happening. It was the sound of a parade, a sound of a, a processional. When a king would enter into Jerusalem, when a conquering general would enter into Jerusalem, there would be a grand escort filled with music, filled with crowds. Now, often that king was King Herod. King Herod made his home in Caesarea Philippi on the Mediterranean Sea, and every once in a while he'd have to come to Jerusalem, and when he did so, it was always in a grand processional to let everybody know that the king was now in town. And, and it was meant to impress. It was also meant to intimidate the king's in town, you better be on your, on your best behavior. And so on Palm Sunday, the, they're celebrating the Passover. The Jew, Jews are celebrating Passover. And so this would have been one of those times where the king would have left Caesarea Philippi to go to Jerusalem to make sure that he just kept his thumb on everything going on. He didn't want people to get too excited, didn't want to get them, didn't want them to get carried away. Which brings us to this day where Jesus is outside of town, he's in Bethany, and he gives directions to his two disciples to, to go in and prepare for him to enter into Jerusalem. We're going to pick up the, the scene at Luke chapter 19, verse 28. There are Bibles uh, in front of you if you uh, would like to open to that. Luke chapter 19, verse 28. After Jesus had sent this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you'll find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Tell him, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, the owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. So I wonder if experiencing the miracles of Jesus ever got old for the disciples. 
I mean, just think of everything that they've experienced over the course of three years. I wonder if it ever just got so routine. You know, there he goes again. You know, today he, he heals a, a man who's been blind his whole life. Tomorrow he walks on water. The next day he gives orders to a storm and it becomes still. And then he casts a demon out of a, a person who's possessed. The demon runs into some pigs. He takes a few pieces of bread and fish and feeds 5,000 people. A woman who's bleeding for over a decade touches the hem of his robe and, and she's healed. Did, did it ever get old for them? Well, there he goes. In this scene, he says, you're going to go into town and you're going to find a colt tied up. And this colt is going to be one that nobody's ever ridden. And I want you to untie it. And then, if somebody should say that what you're doing you shouldn't be doing, if someone says, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it. And that's going to work. And so the two disciples go in, and they find everything exactly like he said it. They find a colt tied up that's never been ridden before. And they look at each other and say, like, I, I don't want to steal, but, but he told us to, you know, untie it. And so they... They untie the colt, and sure enough, out comes the owner. Hey, what do you think you're doing? The Lord needs it. And it's like a Jedi mind trick. Oh, okay. And he gives them the colt. Were they just blown away that this just happened? That this just worked exactly like Jesus said? What was it like for them? Did it surprise them? I wonder this morning, does it surprise us, these stories that we're so familiar with? Does it surprise us? It ought to. That Jesus says, go, and you're going to find everything exactly like I said, and sure enough, it's exactly like Jesus said, the Lord needs it. Okay, have it. So continuing reading, they brought it to Jesus. They threw their cloaks on the colt, and they put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Who is this Jesus? I've already lost half of my kids. <laughs> that didn't... Note to self, every like a minute. Yes, who is this Jesus? For those living in Jerusalem, this sound, this sound of this processional, this sound of this singing, the, this great crowd that's gathering, it's a familiar sound. There's a king who's coming into town but this is a little bit confusing because King Herod has probably already entered town. They just did this. There was just a grand processional where King Herod came from Caesarea Philippi to Jerusalem. Everyone gathered. It was a big show. Things have settled him down. And wait a second, another parade? And, and shouts of, blessed is the, the king? Who is this Jesus? Yes, thanks kids. 
Who is this king that everyone's singing about? The king's already in town. So people start to gather. And, and it's not like in Fulton where you hear those sirens and most people don't gather. They just think, oh, that's great, a team won. That's, that's wonderful. No, in Jerusalem, everyone gathered. And so they all come. What is the commotion? And included in that crowd are the Pharisees. Now, we know the Pharisees. They are the, the religious leaders. And the Pharisees like to think of themselves as the, the gatekeepers, the religious gatekeepers. You know, they were the arbiters of what was in keeping with the law and what was outside of the law. And so if this procession was political in nature, well then, you know, that really was out of the purview of the, the Pharisees. But if this was some kind of religious thing, then you can bet they're interested because nobody has asked them for permission. And so in comes this, this procession, the Pharisees gather, and, and you can just imagine the scene. They're so intent, what is going on? And they're looking over the horizon. They're hearing the, the words, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. The other gospels record that there are shouts of Hosanna. That really piques the interest of the Pharisees. He saves. Is this the Messiah, the, the chosen one they're talking about? And so imagine the scene as they're looking and over the horizon comes Jesus on a donkey. Oh, it's him. It's him. It's that, it's that Jesus. You can imagine their disgust. This was an unsanctioned procession. Nobody had asked them for permission. Nobody had asked them for approval. And so they act quickly to try and extinguish this. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Tell them to be quiet. So who is this Jesus? Good job, Grace. Who is this Jesus? Is he the king who comes in the name of the Lord as the crowds are shouting? Is he the one who saves? Is he the one that everyone's been waiting for? The one whom the, the prophets in the Old Testament spoke about? Is he worthy of these shouts of praise? Or, as the Pharisees suspect, is he just another self-appointed teacher? Rebuke your disciples, they demand. Why? Rebuke them because what they're shouting is untrue? Rebuke them because they're acting in an undignified way? They're making a scene? Rebuke them because Herod might find out about this, and if Herod finds out about this, he's going to make life miserable for everybody. Rebuke them because they're straying outside of the lines, because they haven't consulted us. Imagine how furious the Pharisees got when Jesus turned to them and with a smile on his face, I imagine he said, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the very stones will cry out. And the Pharisees get red in the face. Who is this Jesus? For months, for months, even for, for several years now, he had been telling his followers to be quiet. 
Don't say what it is that you're seeing me do because my time has not yet come. I mean, imagine, you know what it's like when you, you experience some great, incredible thing. You just can't wait to tell somebody about it. It's just part of human nature. Like, I got this juicy thing here, and I want to tell somebody. The disciples have been experiencing this for years now. Miracle after miracle after miracle, and Jesus is saying, don't tell anybody. Not yet. My time has not yet come. And so when they hear the Pharisees say, rebuke your disciples, I imagine uh, there is this moment of pause. Everything gets quiet and still, all eyes on Jesus. Oh no, is he going to tell us to be quiet yet again? All eyes on Jesus, and Jesus says, I tell you, if they're quiet now, the rocks, the stones are going to cry out. And with that, I imagine the decibel level just just increases, Hosanna, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. It's like they are now calves released from the stall, able to share the good news of everything that they've witnessed. Blessed is the king, Hosanna, glory to God in highest peace in heaven. Who is this Jesus? There really is no greater question that has ever been asked. Who is this Jesus? Is he the king that has been sent by, from God to bring peace in heaven and on earth? Is he the son of God? Is he the Messiah, the chosen one, about whom the, the prophets wrote? Is he the hope of the world? None of those questions really matter. What matters is, is he your hope? Is he your savior, your Messiah? Are you able to say, Hosanna? On one hand, everything seems to indicate yes. Jesus is all of that and more. I mean, just think through some of the things that, that we've already said. Go into the city. You're going to find everything the way I just described it. And sure enough, word for word, they find everything the way he described it. He speaks a few words. This just happened a, a few pages earlier in the gospel He's at the tomb of Lazarus, his friend. Lazarus is dead. He's been dead for several days. He's wrapped in grave clothes. And Jesus stands outside of the tomb and says, Lazarus, come out. I mean, who is this Jesus that, that thinks I can just say, Lazarus, come out, and a dead man is going to come walking out of the tomb? And that's exactly what happens. He heals a man born blind. He's been blind his whole life. Jesus heals him. This woman who's bleeding for years touches the hem of his robe. She's healed. He walks on water. He speaks to the storm, and it's still. He teaches, the gospel say, as one who has authority. And that authority doesn't come from some robe that he's wearing or some crown on his head. It doesn't come from a, a position. It comes from, from his identity. It comes from deep within who he is. Early in the, in the gospel, we read that this angry crowd wants to push him off the cliff. Just imagine that, one person against an angry mob who wants to push him off the cliff, and somehow he just slips through the crowd and escapes. And that is early on. They ought to have known right then there's something going on. Who is this Jesus? He, he's something that we have never experienced. So is there any doubt well, let's describe the other side of the 
uh, the coin because there are some questions. There are some things that are pretty uh, interesting about this Jesus, about this king of kings. I mean, if it's true that he really is the son of God, then wouldn't he have chosen to come into this world on a, a royal chariot, a chariot of fire with all of his angels at his side? Why would the Son of God choose to come into this world as a baby, in a manger, in a feeding trough? And if it's really true that, that he is God, why is he drawn to the the lowliest of people. If he's the king, why does he spend all of his time at the bottom of the social ladder with people who are, are leading lives that are broken, people who are dirty, people who are sick, people who are sinful? If he's the king, why does he talk so much about suffering? I don't understand that. I mean, who is this Jesus? Why, why tell the people that are going to follow you that if they follow you, you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to pick up a cross. Who is this Jesus? What kind of king is he? What kind of kingdom is this that he's in charge of? In a few days, the questions are going to become even more difficult. What kind of king just willingly allows himself to be arrested? What kind of king of kings stands before some, some lowly Roman governor and offers no defense? What kind of king allows himself to be stripped and beaten and spit on and not a, a, a royal crown placed on his head but a crown of thorns placed on his head? What kind of king looks down from a cross at those who drove the nails through his head as they now are mocking and, and playing games for his clothes at the foot of the cross and says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Who is this Jesus? Let's pray. Lord, um, you are my king. And Lord, I, I praise you that you reveal yourself to us. Lord, we know that the enemy works hard to keep our eyes uh, blind. Um, Lord, to, to, to lead us to some other answer that you are Lord and Savior. Lord, we thank you that you reveal yourself to people and you are still doing that today. You are still... Uh, miraculous God for whom nothing is too difficult. And so, Lord, forgive us when we um, grow tired or, or it no longer um, strikes us as to, to who you are. And we pray that you would reveal yourself to those who need to know your love so desperately. You are the King of kings. You're the King of love. We celebrate and praise you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.